1: yeah I just just uh flew back real whirlwind trip to see the fam in Detroit yes Michigan
2: girl and it's whole whole inspired Michigan episode coming up how was your trip how was your trip
1: Uh, It was awesome. Got to see, you know, extended family uh, on Sunday. We all had a big get together and about 14, 15 of us just all got together to have like a big late, you know, like a Sunday supper, except we were like, we're not cooking. You know what we're going to do? We are going to order from the local Middle Eastern. Lebanese spot and get the biggest spread you've ever seen. Andrea, you know the garlic sauce?
2: Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know the garlic I sauce. I know the garlic um, sauce.
1: We got so much food that the garlic sauce was just in its own styrofoam yes. containers that, that you would put like a whole entree in, but it was filled with garlic sauce. It's uh, um, like
2: fart heaven, baby.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, it was good. And everyone eats it, so no one stinks. You mm-hmm. all just cancel each other out. Anyways... um, we're we're feeling inspired. And so we'll we'll get into it a little bit later in the episode. But welcome to Sidework Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Brooke Van Poplin. Hi guys,
2: I'm your other host, Andrea Wallace. And yeah, it's uh I'm now I'm hungry because we always podcast when I have not eaten and now I'm hungry. Like <laughs> I did have feeling a hand, a handful of honey roasted peanuts on top of my protein shake, but I tell you what, after this, I was just like I could just like take a bath and a little baba ganoush, I'm sure. Like uh, yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. I just, you know, and I'm I'm that person who I don't really like eggplant at all, right? Like I I think you've turned me on little eggplant parmesan on top of pizza. I can I can. Get it, down with it, that. It, you
2: know, And for me, it's really hit and miss because if it's not prepared correctly, I'll get like a little uh allergy numbness me in too. my
1: throat. Mm-hmm. Yes, but yeah. it's probably because that's what nightshades probably do.
2: Yeah, well, they cause more inflammation in your joint more than anything. Uh, um that's what they do. Um, it's just yeah, it's just it's probably like a in but whatever. Anyway, yeah, there is something to it. And bananas, I like, can I get the same thing mm-hmm. if they're not ripe enough. But it's the yep. only um, vegetable that I'm like, <laughs> like, am I feeling a little <laughs> anaphylactic? Like, you know, what am I doing, you know? God.
1: Okay, so it's but, it's the fruit or the vegetable, but whatever you, it is. If you cause... roast
2: it, and and maybe it's mm-hmm. the seed, who knows, but if you roast it and puree it and just slather it in olive oil, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy, am I ready to go.
1: Wow. <laughs> wow. <Whoa. Whoa. Whoa. laughs> Uh, well, since I did just fly and, um, enjoyed, you know, enjoyed a nice, uh, oh God, an overnight flight. God, nice, that was brutal. A
2: nice violent free flight. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I just read an article today. That oh, someone, no. like a passenger had to be duct taped because he tried to open a, uh, the emergency exit and everybody would yeah. tackle and duct tape him. Boy, oh yeah. boy. This one's Hell shinier. No. This, uh, this is a shinier headline.
1: Yeah, this one's a little more positive if we're talking about flying. Um, we're jumping right into some headlines, but uh, Alaska Airlines, which I stand, I stand Alaska Airlines. Um, I'm sure you also enjoy flying, right? It's a very They're West fine. Coast thing. Yeah, and they They're actually great. they
2: absorbed Virgin um, Americans, so you might get some of those Virgin planes, which I always found oh. is very cush.
1: Yeah. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's great. That's a hot that's a hot tip. I I tend to um I'll choose Alaska if you're just trying to get up to San Francisco totally. real quick or I go up to uh Portland. Uh also really nice. But so Alaska Airlines, beloved airline over on this side of the country has basically uh coupled up with Fremont Brewing to create their own in-air Cloud Cruiser India Pale Ale. So, they're right. They made their own IPA that is served in cabin or in their lounges. Um, But it's an exclusive beer that they made with the Seattle based brewery. And this sounds like all the lovely drinky things and notes that Andrea would like, but it's described as having bright orange, melon, and tropical notes. Um, And it's got a beautiful can. I Mm -hmm. think it's a very friendly, inviting little can. Um and said yeah like this is just a brilliant sort of mashup and collection of this uh brewery with the beloved like I said Pacific Northwest airline and she's a six
2: point five this is not a session IPA Ooh, mm-hmm. oh honey mm-hmm. Cloud Cruiser got a little fire a little bite to her yeah for sure um you know I I if my body could tolerate beer anymore <laughs> <laughs> I'm really taking a turn over the years here at SideWork podcast. I mean, I'd give her a sip. I'd give her a try. I think this is awesome. I mean, I think it's like if you take advantage of the fact that you're a Pacific Northwest-based airline and reap the benefits of all the yummy, yummy things produced in the area and serve them on your plane. What's totally? They're They're going to be tossing fish in first class?
1: (laughs) Or or how about what about the other airlines and the and the uh exclusive beverages they what would Spirit Airlines they'd get some sort of shitty hard seltzer where are they
2: out of that's a, yeah they'd have to be like Kirkland hard <laughs> seltzer for sure no offense to we Kirkland. Love Kirkland it's actually I drink plenty of it it's fine um I feel like or like a Mike's hard lemonade or something like that you know what I mean it Delta would Delta would be like I don't know Kendall Jackson Chardonnay I'm gonna go.
1: I feel like they would try because they do serve white wine that is Moscow Mules. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I feel like if they were to to collaborate, they would at least try and pretend that they were working with the vineyard. In Northern California Sure Small would still batchy, be, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever yeah, yeah. Whatever Delta We could
2: keep playing this game I feel like we'd have we to like could, We could. have to like Have a little meeting And come back With all of our funny quips About it But yeah, you know yeah. We'd be able to do it Anyway I'm sure At some point In the game And I don't really Drink on airplanes Do you drink on airplanes? Yeah cuz it's usually
1: I'm usually going cross country. That's well,
2: it's true. I mean it depends. If I'm going international it's fine if I'm on vacation it's one thing. I just don't like the what it does to my body and that's you know what I totally. mean. Totally. Yeah.
1: Totally fair. You um, get, you, when you land, you feel really weird. Uh, yeah. Cause then you have to go on with your day and you're like, should I get another drink or do I need coffee and a reset? Yeah. No.
2: Totally. I'd rather have a Xanax than a cocktail. But it's just me. And maybe, ooh, which airline would just be like, this is our own uh, version of Xanax that we, we give uh, to our. Yeah. That could also be a fun thing to think about. Think about it, airlines, if you're listening. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: uh this also was just the coolest now granted i just this was like a wonderful wintry headline and this is uh in sweden it's apparently the only completely ski through mcdonald's <laughs> it's so it's in a ski village in Saasalen or salen i don't know how you pronounce it it's got the umlaut on it mm-hmm. but salen sweden and uh it's just up in the slopes And basically, they have it built to be accommodating for you to be able to ski up, go to the window, get yourself a hot little hamburger over like to the left. There's a McCafe that just pumps out hot chocolate for those, you know, little frozen hands and little little red, you know, windburn faces. And you can actually then ski on inside, but they they actually have table service because they can't have you fucking walking around with your skis on. Sure.
2: Absolutely.
1: <laughs> and l- l- really, really long, like pub style tables.
2: For yeah. Everyone, lodge
1: style. Yeah. Lodge yeah. style feet feeds into the Alpine feeling, but I'm officially obsessed. I don't like skiing, but I would maybe do a little cross country Um, Oh,
2: this is fully for the people who don't like skiing, but they'll sit in the lodge and like drink booze, like boozy hot chocolate or a toddy, you know, by the fire. This is them feels for sure. And uh, oddly enough, like uh, cheaper than even British prices for McDonald's, it says, which I think for Scandinavia, that's pretty amazing. Well, they were staggering prices of everything because of the immense, tremendous (laughs) quality of life. Yeah, what, so they're, um,
1: what is it? The crone, the Swedish crone is uh-huh. bottomed out right oh, now. So yeah, no. so they were saying this year they saw more English people than they've ever seen because the British can push their money farther going to Sweden for the first time
2: ever. That's interesting. Wow. Well, well guys, if you're- Every day.
1: in in Sweden, go skiing on through and grab yourself a filet of fish. I
2: love it. It's the best Swedish accent I've ever heard. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, cue Yodeling music.
0: You're <laughs> Lady, <laughs>
2: Guys, we have a server submitted story today. Super excited. All right, here we go. Hello Sidewalk friends. As you may or may not recall, the restaurant I work at is a is seasonal and it closes in the winter. I totally go dormant and then have all the episodes of Sidewalk to catch up on, which, amazing. But, newsflash, last year, my season was my last season at that restaurant. My bosses didn't renew their contract with the state park and have built their own steakhouse, which is very exciting. And I'm the head of bar and service. The whole drink menu and all things bar related came from this bitch. <laughs> Tonight, it's our soft opening. Holy moly. And naturally, the stress from all of it made my body say F you and a sinus infection has taken over. Not even my daily vitamins, essential oils and daily fruits and veggies could kick this bitch. But the show must go on. So antibiotics and decongestant will be saving my Ass, I hope be the saving grace. Um, I just want to pop in and give you the tea on me. I hope all is well. Godspeed, good tips, good health, good vibes, and that's from Simon, who Hi. we adore. Sweet Simon, always giving us the gosh. I gotta tell you, all that stress life. just catches up. It just gets to you. I swear to God. Um, but wow, this is very exciting, Simon. What is the name of said steakhouse? Um, shoot us a little bit of uh, yeah. If you look, if you look in our messages, oh, on IG, I think he shot a little photo. Great, and, and great, what have great, you, great, but great, great,
1: great, great. Best, give it of, a, luck.
2: It's best of luck, best of luck. Um, excited to check out the bar menu for sure. And how interesting to go from seasonal to I to full season work now um no more no more hibernation in the winter listen to our asses hopefully you can still do that on the way to work or you know when you have time to actually catch up <laughs> but wow we, wow
1: <laughs> we did get one other really quick it was more of a a question than it was a server submitted story but i really appreciated this this person wrote in and says do you ever talk about older people returning to working in restaurants and i was like oh you're so cute we are older people ah. <laughs> You know, but yeah, like what are we?
2: Yeah. What's qualifying? I think this guy,
1: yeah, might be a little bit older than us, maybe even by 20 years. He was saying, you know, I used to work in restaurants in the 80s and 90s. Oh, yeah, yeah. And and I was like, funny enough, um, I can't point you to an episode because we're talking about and we want to have a few guests to talk about what it's like going back in. Um, and so thanks for reminding us that we want to, um, get those in the can and recorded soon. I mean, my, we'll thing,
2: my my brain goes to like the, you know, you hear about the restaurant in Japan. That's like, uh, the, uh, older folk who have dementia and it's called translate to the name of the restaurant is like the, the restaurant of forgotten orders, you know, where uh-huh. they have people with Alzheimer's and dementia, like, like taking your order and serving you. And I'm just like, I would, okay, I'm in like. You know where to put me when I get old. I mean, at this point, if there's not going to be any retirement options, I'll probably be waiting tables with dementia when I'm 75 anyway. <laughs> it's not going to be an adorable program. It's going to be real life, guys. It's going to be America. <laughs> <laughs> hey, fuck.
1: <laughs> anyway, yeah, anyways.
2: anyway, service community stories, you guys. Shoot them away. Sidewardpod at gmail.com.
0: Mm, mm, mm. visit carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be convenient comfortable ah
1: obviously i'm a little bit excited i i realized that as long as we've been doing the podcast i've never really talked ad nauseum um in in a in a concentrated way about where and how I grew up in Michigan. Nice. And we have we have Michigan listeners and friends of the pod who are still living there to this day. But today we're going to discuss Dearborn, Michigan, and the food. It's it's basically a Middle Eastern paradise in the wow. middle of Michigan. All this like cold weather talk, ah, uh-uh, you're transported to the desert and the delicious flame-broiled meats and charred vegetables and all sorts of whipped up beans <laughs> and chickpeas. <laughs> what have you? But um so yeah, I thought it would be awesome to let people know because I keep surprising them when I say that Dearborn, Michigan has the largest population of Americ uh, uh, Arab Americans in the entire world outside of the Middle East. And a lot of people are like, wait, what? And I've mentioned probably a few times that it was completely normal. We grew up eating hummus and grape leaves. Wow. Because, just, yeah. It's I,
2: normalized. That's just what's everywhere. Yeah.
1: You'd get a chili dog and a plate of grape leaves, you know? Very Michigan specific. Wow. We were talking about, you know, Verners earlier too. But anyways, um, But yeah, so because I think you're also possibly seeing in the headlines, right, that, uh, you know, that Michigan right now in terms of being a battleground state for the upcoming election and so on and so forth, that all eyes are on Detroit and Dearborn right now because this large population of Arab Americans are pissed at Joe Biden Mm -hmm. that he's ignoring, you know, so just this isn't coming out of nowhere. So I think I've found myself. Telling people in my conversations like, oh, no, no, you don't get it. It's a portion of Michigan is literally the Middle East. Mm -hmm. And it's been that way for well over uh, like 120, 150 years. So let's let's get into a little bit of the geography and then the more fun part, which is the fucking food, baby. Um, So basically, Arab migrants, mostly Syrian and Lebanese, uh, initially first began to come to Detroit in the late 1880s. They were basically looking to escape their own military drafts and looking for work. And then the Palestinian Muslims followed in the 1910s and early 20s. And a lot of people were being drawn over with the possibility of working for Henry Ford because he's from Dearborn and that's where his factories were. And he invented the freaking Model T. Mm -hmm. So it was a booming industry and a lot of immigrants flocked from all parts of the world basically to come work in Dearborn for the automotive industry. Mm -hmm. Um, So this was just a big hub um, for also what are known as Catholic Chaldeans, which are Christian Iraqis, which a lot of people don't know, like a lot of Armenians are Christian. Um, there were also uh, tons of Yemenis coming, Yemenites, and um, basically Arabs across the Middle East basically continue to come to Dearborn and Detroit even after the auto industry declined because they're like, we're looking for a better life and there's already huge established community. Um, so it really is the city's estimated well, that's an old stat status. Hold on, status update. So I just looked up the most recent census. Um, so there are about a hundred and ten thousand residents of Dearborn, and well over half are Middle Eastern, North African, or Arab. Wow! So it's like a total melting pot. Um, and that's a big city. I but smell, that's a big I city. It,
2: it smells delicious. Those numbers <laughs> you smell can delicious. smell it from mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, exactly. Um. So uh, it's basically the home to the Islamic, Islamic Center of America. It's this humongous, like, wildly huge mosque. Um, and it's, like, this kind of, like, dazzling visual tourism for people to come all over the world to see. Um, obviously, I was working in Middle Eastern restaurants right after 9-11, so that was very interesting. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, I would
2: imagine. Yeah, because yeah. I wonder, there's the concentration at Dearborn, right? And then how far is Dearborn from, like, Detroit proper?
1: Uh, it's right there it's on it's like a in a. it's a western ring because Detroit's very round It's like Paris right
0: like well the, so yes the, yeah um, the grid. it's
1: called the donut of wealth that surrounds Detroit because like Detroit's very poor and run down but there's a ring of wealth that runs around it in all directions it's very messed up but um, Dearborn would kind of be in a western outer ring of Detroit
2: got it and as like and while it's a very concentrated area and, you know, getting, we'll get back to obviously what you're talking about. Like, I'm just trying to get, you know, the further out, if you're going out further, like I'm sure there's a trickle out of like the epicenter of like where this hub of like um, Arab Americans are, but I'm sure it's just, it's not like they're just, you know, I, I mean, it's yeah.
1: We also, Detroit uh, and Michigan in general, huge population of people from Pakistan and India mm-hmm. as well. That's mm-hmm. also, and then, you know, those those cultures kind of flock together when I would wait tables, you would feel and you would feed and you would see a lot of uh, Indian families coming in to be like, ooh, like, let's go get some of that sort of close to home, yeah. but not really sure. Middle Eastern food. And, um, you know, because obviously there's good Indian like any kind of good food you want, you can get in Detroit. It's awesome. Um, but going out from Middle Eastern is very much uh, Southern Michigan thing. Um, so yeah, obviously like it was crazy. There was ton of like mistrust and super duper ramped up racism um, in the area after 9-11. Uh, so kind of to do like, um, what would the word be? To just kind of get ahead of it and to start doing some, you know, to show the world that like there's are so many ridiculously positive things about the Arab culture. Um, the people of Dearborn, kind of went throughout the world and raised thousands of dollars to build the first ever Arab American national museum, which opened a, 2005 and I've actually never been. Um but yeah, like the Arab World has 22 countries um and it just it kind of like takes you through all the various culture cultures, the history and traditions. Um and then the museum also sponsors this which you would love. You can either go self-guided or with a guide, but do a walking Dearborn food tour called Yalla Eat, which and Yalla means let's go in yeah. Arabic. Yeah. Yalla. Yalla. Um, so, anyways, it's like a total powerhouse for food. And obviously, um Middle Eastern, you know, uh is is King, but we also have Killer Mexican Thai, you name it. We've got our Detroit style pizza baby, you know, we got yeah. our Coney dogs, but yeah, yeah. Michigan's a food city. Um, so anyways, uh that's just a little bit about it. So um one of the first things that kind of gave arab immigrants a place to start selling their wares and their goods is this very cool spot in dearborn called eastern market which cool yeah you would love it it's very much like the reading terminal in philly uh like the ferry building in san francisco the grand central market here in la and i'm asked what is the baltimore one lexington market i loved Mm i i loved going to that one with Mm -hmm. you and brian that was super super fun so um Eastern Market has been there. Oh God, let's see. I mean, it's got crazy history. Um, so it's been there since like 1841. Uh, it's in the Cadillac Square, which means it is lined by, if you know your Michigan Rose, Gratiot Avenue and North Mac, and um, it's right off uh, I 75. Cool. And uh, yeah, it used to be um, like basically it was devoted for people to sell anything from hay and woods and everyone would be in little stalls or sheds and then um they might even be selling cows and so now traditionally where you've got the more modern modern wares like flowers and food and all that stuff all the old paintings of you know hay bales and cows like still remain on the wall from the original uh version of eastern markets so mean, that
2: when i think open markets i think middle eastern i think bazaars i mean mm-hmm. i feel like the origin mm-hmm. you know that seems like a very origination so it just makes sense that that would just be the first thing that was established would be a big open-air market for everybody to Hell go to Oh yeah
1: But you'd have every culture, uh, representing, you know, and selling what they sell and you would go and it would, you know, obviously be the big days would be Saturdays, um, where everyone goes down and gets all their goodies. But uh, a lot of people don't know that Detroit has one of these famous open air situations, um, where you can go get lots and lots of good food. So anyways, like Dearborn makes like, top eating city lists all the time it gets featured on eater detroit like thrillist was singing all the praises of middle eastern food uh in dearborn and around the area so um i figured we should start if people are not super familiar by just letting them know like what is traditional middle eastern food and what is halal food Uh um so uh halal food basically is uh let me open this up real quick. Halal food is kind of, it's it's the same principles as kosher in Jewish culture. Um, but halal in Arabic just means that it's food permissible under Islamic law, mm-hmm. right? So that culture does not eat pork. They, they ain't no pork, baby. They're not doing it. Leave that to all your beautiful Asian countries that love them some pig. <laughs> um <laughs>
2: And us and the U and yeah, other US, like the <laughs> South, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Of
1: course. We love our pork here. Um, but specifically halal meat, I like when I was working with, you know, my Arabic friends, like from Lebanon, Syria, Palestine, all over the place. Really their their definition to me of the of like what halal the principle is of it and what halal meat is basically humane slaughtering of animals um you do a clean cut through the jugular vein um and the carotid artery to like absolutely drain all that blood you know because the consumption of blood is considered the opposite of halal which is haram um but even more beautiful if you're a small farmer i was told that before you sacrifice the animal to eat is that you comfort it mm-hmm. you you face it toward the sun right Right. And yeah. then you thank it and you, re- you recite a chant and a thank a prayer of thankfulness before you kill it, which is like, that's how it should be.
2: Absolutely. I yeah, I want to go that way, too. When you guys are when I'm ready to leave this plane Just point me toward the sun. (laughs) Point me toward the sun. Thank me for my sardines and just just slip my throat real quick. Um, the Costco business across the street from us, like they have, uh, they have tons of halal meat in their section. I'm assuming it's because they cater to a lot of food trucks, and you know, I I know when I see food trucks, I always see like halal as like Mm -hmm. you know a big advertisement, um, for a lot of their offerings. So I assume that's probably why you know. But yeah, well, that's
1: yeah. You would like
2: you know keeping kosher, keeping kosher. is like you know keeping halal what mm-hmm. and if we so- ever want to get our hands on a whole goat or lamb just right across street from me Brooke we can go get one <laughs> D- you don't have to ask me twice <laughs> Brooke where are you uh, Brooke where are you going oh she's left <laughs> she meant she to get the goat
1: so obviously you know chickpeas and parsley are big staples Lebanese diet mm-hmm. you know you get your um the 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 mashed chickpeas you've got all the beautiful ways you can deal with it you know you hummus is like flowing through my veins at all times the hummus in Detroit Andrea it it it, like like it's almost slippery that's how fucking silky and smooth and perfect it is
2: I I mean look there's a reason now where I was like oh this is probably why Brooke serves like Middle Eastern food at her wedding you know what I mean yes yeah yeah, just like it's, such a traditional way to like yeah, have a feast, like have a celebration.
1: To me, you get the most bang for your buck doing family style if it's Middle Eastern food, if it's Arabic food. So, um but obviously like chickpea Chickpea puree with fava beans and spices and goodies makes crunchy what? Mm-hmm. Falafel with a bright green center. You have your tahini. You have all of your grilled meats. Or if you want the dark part of the meat, it's seasoned and chopped up really little and grilled, and that's where you get your shawarma. But basically, ooh, baby, it's just dips and meats and kibbe, like meat kibbe. Um, Kafta is another one that yeah. I love. So we were, uh, our moms, our Shoot. So our friend is Lebanese. I was hanging out with her. This is my mom's best friend. We were just talking on Sunday, and she's like, "Do you love kofta?" I'm like, "I love kofta." And she's like, "Because this is how I used to make my hamburgers." She's like, "I didn't know that you didn't, you know, add all of the extra. Yeah, that you (laughs) didn't add spice, and sometimes um it'll have a little bit of like." barley or cracked wheat in it as well and then a lot of fresh chopped parsley and onion Yummy. and you grill that shit and she's like I just used to make hamburgers and they're like mom you're making Lebanese food that's hilarious um, but uh, it, it, essentially like for me uh, when I got to eat this pretty much on a daily basis as a server in these restaurants for sure like I didn't get sick for
2: three years like not a wow. fucking sniffle just like all he- the garlic and herbs and spices and wow clean clean well eating. you're also I, getting so much iron from those chickpeas like yeah uh-huh oh, yeah
1: like I said it's it, there is hummus coursing through my veins <laughs> um but yeah so wait do you see in the document I put in a photo so my first ever job working at Aladdin's and this was in Lansing love- Michigan which was um you know my my college town And they opened in 1997. They are still out there kicking butt it's a family owned business they took me in like their own family I think I realize sometimes when I eat at places so much that I better just get a job there because that's kind of what happened with (laughs) Aladdin.
2: take over I love this especially this like front counter where you would you pay you pay at the register kind of a place Uh when you leave and there's a counter with like probably some baked goods are probably making their own like baklava and pita you can take home and like
1: that case to the right I'll send I'll send you more photos but most people most people don't know that there's more than just one kind of baklava. There's like a hundred. I knew types. that. I like yeah. Yes. I
2: like a rolled personally, but like this is. I mean, this gives me like a you know when I worked at the um a Lithuanian bakery, kind of feels mm-hmm. when I was like so young. It was yeah yeah. I do love a mural Wait. painted on a yep. wall. Um, if you,
1: if you scroll down a little further, it's a it's a wonderfully tacky uh, dining room. So good. You know you know a place is gonna be really good when oh, they yeah. have.
2: Hot sauce and
1: ketchup. Yep. Hot sauce and ketchup. The ocean <laughs> painted on the wall. Um, fake plants hanging in the corner. But we would I didn't get to work evenings very often. I was their lunch girl, me and my coworker Nasser. And um, he was a way older man from Lebanon. And he was cool as hell. Uh, but their whole family Took me in. They were so sweet. Amal and Ali were the owners, and then Amal's younger sisters, um, Dina and Noha, uh, were also here working in the kitchen. Noha had just left uh, Lebanon with her children and was learning English, and I actually taught her and her kids English. Nice. Um, That's yeah, amazing. They would am- I know. I mean, I do. I think that was I qualified, but I just said, sure, I'll try. Sure. And we, you know, and I went over there a couple times. Um, to work on that. And it was just really cute. And I was like, I'm clearly uh, in over my head. I don't know how to teach them English, but I'll go, I'll, I'll give it a go. Um, but they, they were great. And, um, they're still all there doing the thing. And they are so well loved in the community. Everyone's like, they're the freaking nicest people. And they're so kind. And I just full on agree. And it was just a cute little hole in the wall in a strip mall.
2: I love this. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm popping ahead to this next article. For- <laughs> And my mouth is drop open, like looking at the food. I want all this. I, we need to do like a pilgrimage, like back to your homeland, Brooke, so we can eat all this food.
1: This is why we need a show. We need a television I'm... show. Hi.
2: We have Hello, so many everybody. episodes. <laughs>
1: we have to do our Atlanta episode. And don't that you would guys be... want to
2: see us like go wait tables at these restaurants for one and then just talk about. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I would visit them. And I bet she would be like and I would have to be like no 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 okay wait wait let, let me show you a picture I had like clown hair I had like cropped flaming maroon <laughs> like really really cropped punky hair and I was really in a phase of my life for sure
2: <laughs>
1: if I showed an old don't picture don't
2: fight the sea There, <laughs>
1: that's so um, good Oh, my goodness. But so that that was basically working with them for a year and a half gave me such a um, insider look at the the food, at the culture. I got invited to family parties where it's like the whole extended family comes and you stay all night and everyone smokes hookah and and you dance. Yeah. And grandma holds the babies and it's, it's just the best. Um, So I went on then after I left college and I was like, I'm going to take my, you know, Arab American chops and go work at the big bad boy, which is the Detroit area staple originated in Dearborn called La Sheesh. So sheesh. And it, credit, right? <laughs> it credits itself as the first restaurant to bring Middle Eastern food to Detroit, which probably not true. Maybe I'm sure there was some mom and pop places, um, but it was notorious. It was really flashy. It was big. It was so successful, so much so that they had several locations. And I, I worked at the one in Troy, Michigan, which was a little closer to where I uh, worked. I was 100% the only white girl. They were so amused that I wanted a job. And I think they were kind of like, all right, fuck it. Let's let this crazy white girl work here. <laughs> whatever let's see if she lasts you know and, and you i did think, and i did <laughs> um but that was even crazier because working with everyone at aladdin's my everyone was from um jordan lebanon or egypt right so now you're in detroit like in the melting pot the de- metro detroit area my my co-workers were from every this was exactly what i described syria yemen Jordan, I I met people from um, uh, Tunisia. My wow. friend Walid was from Tunisia, Morocco. Uh, then me and the other two girls who were the outsiders because one was from Malta and one was Greek, and we were like the white girls. <laughs>
0: Oh my god! And
1: uh, yeah, but Iraq, Iran, Palestine, uh, Egypt, like like everywhere you can imagine, were all of my coworkers. Everyone was so fun. I loved the cooks. They all just a lot of chopping and yelling and open flames. Um, our manager was a a monster. That was the only bad thing. Sure. Well, you know, was he was a literal villain named Mustafa, and. (laughs) he was I never met someone who I uh like I never knew what the word sociopath was until I met this guy and he just was this like angry like so pissed to be a manager and um one day during a shift meeting, he threw a fork at my head. So oh, anyways, yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Because I wasn't paying
1: attention. Sure. So I got a fork thrown at me. Wow. Um, But the crazy thing is, uh, Lasheesh went down in like 2006. And I um was there 2002 to 2003. And it went down because the owner... Became a fugitive who has since been hiding in, in Lebanon, shut down all of his restaurants, and was accused of stealing twenty million dollars across all the restaurants and fun- funneling it into goods to basically feed back into Hezbollah. Like how long was Vayet- she
2: open? Wait, it was open said- for
1: a long time. Yeah, and
2: wow,
1: yeah, dude, um, twenty so-
2: million dollars.
1: I know. um, So very interesting, you know, and it's interesting to go back and to um read old coverage, even like this, this one of these is like a Chicago Tribune article. And it's just like over 20 slant, years. Yeah. Yeah. The slant in the writing back then to even now is just it all uses terms that make anyone from the middle east sound like a terrorist oh, and it's just like i i know and it was something that i wasn't fully paying attention to on my end and then you go back and you're like uh it's worse than ever right now it's ridiculous our journalism is so bad at painting arabs or specifically palestinians as like all like these terror mongers who they're just peaceful people yeah. with good food yeah. and great and they love family. Yeah. Um. But yeah, like this is one guy who decided to skim off his own business and to escape fraud charges, just fucked off to Lebanon and has been harbored there and hid there. Wow. And they're kind of like, you're a hero. They're like, you've got us all these supplies, Ugh. you know, because he used it. I mean, he made money in the deal, but he was also bringing in very, very needed product Yeah. Poor, poor people in Lebanon and I mean whatever he's no saint nothing like that but um it's kind of Robin so Hooding la- in a way you know yeah 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 um but so Lashish was gone for a couple of years but then someone came back and reopened it and now they just call it new Lashish because they t- <laughs> <laughs> ah
2: that was so good I know yeah but
1: when I tell you that at that restaurant This was the kind of place Like picture um, Like you know Wood f- Wood fired Pizza Situation um, In a restaurant Where you know Where they're going in With the paddle And yeah. throwing your pizza And this was in One side of the restaurant The fire was always going There was the guy Who baked bread all day And would take the the f- Like the flat little Size of like A small disc The size of your palm And would throw the raw dough in And the pita would puff up wow. And about 40 seconds and then he'd take the paddle and then boop 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 just like you would be taking people like flaming hot puffy thin crispy air filled pockets of love and you would dip it in garlic sauce and it was just
2: and then it looks like huge like combination platters of food like platters right
1: it's incredible you can get you know swordfish kebabs like charred swordfish and like when I tell you you just eat like like um Emmer Effer.
2: I thought that the Buca de Beppo platters were too right? large. This is insane. This is like I mean it's yeah. Wow. The prices
1: are always reasonable as well. And every meal you start off with, of course, why did I not mention lentil soup lebanese lentil soup any middle eastern lentil soup will heal you the
2: memories i have of you eating lentil soup in chicago are just incredible by the way um i would
1: get off a plane and come straight to you and then we would go to taste of lebanon yeah
2: so good and i still haven't you know been able to find lentil soup that good
0: Uh, you know it's out there
2: and I'm sure it's, out it's better and just here in, in LA, it exists, but like, yeah, we'll have to go on a little bit of a journey. Yeah. It, essentially
1: like it, to me, it's the ultimate family style food. That's what eating, you know, in terms of that, that is the Palestinian, the Arabic culture, the Lebanese, it is gathering around a big, big mezza of food, a mezza platter, which has all your dips, all your pickled veg. It's got your shredded delicious salads. It's got kibbeh balls, which have you ever had a ground beef kibbeh ball? I think so. Oh, they're so good. Um, you can also get kibbeh nai, which is the first time that outside of just Lebanese food, uh, I tried more regional dishes, which mm. is la- raw baby lamb meat. Oh,
2: yeah, wow. it's, it's like a yeah, totally. tartar. Tartar. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Yeah.
1: You you put yeah you put onion on top of it and parsley and you squeeze lemon and you
2: scoop it up with pita bread. Wow. I'm I was in. brave. I tried it. Sure. I tried just it. have a little bite. If it's offered to you, you don't want to be rude. You want to like try it. Um, that's awesome. There's a couple, it, it's been hard. Have you have we gone to Hyatt's here together? It's near no. me. Um, it's a Lebanese place. It's 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 across the street from the Circus Liquor, which is you know very famous in the mm-hmm. movie Clueless, right? Where where Cher gets abandoned in the valley, um, just for everybody's uh image images in their head right now. So Hayat is a great Lebanese restaurant that Jonathan it was Jonathan Gold's favorite Lebanese mm. restaurant. Okay, and he frequented it, and I think it's absolutely delicious. Like I never had the hummus that has like uh ground beef and pine nuts on it before
1: holy that used shit that used to be my entree that I would order and people are like are you crazy I'm like no you don't understand how good this is
2: um they make a filet like uh shawarma wrap that is out of control everything I've had there is great I just want yeah I would like to have a like a, a nice like pita salad every single day of my life we should go there together it's fantastic Um, And there's actually like another um, Lebanese place in Omaha that now is a staple that we, I go there every time I go visit now called El Basha. That's because it, it hits so hard, like all the notes that you were looking for, like Brooke Van Poblen approved, in my opinion, you know what I mean? Yeah, this is like what I'm looking for, because I I feel like all the really good Lebanese places when we live in Chicago together, we would dine at together. So I'm mm-hmm. always like, oh, Brooke would love this. Like, <laughs> And
1: specifically, I realized, too, that here in Los Angeles and when I go back um, to also the Detroit area that. I wanna check out these top-rated Palestinian restaurants. Yeah. Which the, the food is gonna look and feel because it's it's the original food. Mm-hmm. Palestine is where this food originated. And, you know, every region has an offshoot of a little something. They, they do their way with a slightly different letter and how it's spelled or what it's called. But that region, everyone uh, they can just Connect over, you know, the food and the and the the gathering of it, and it's just celebration and eating a ton and ton of food and having a good time, and it's all so good for you. Yeah, that's when we it's first moved here.
2: It was like a uh, monteball is like the babaganoush of Armenia, essentially, right? So okay, yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I was gonna say I think um Armenia. I've tried a little Armenian food, and then um that. Carousel in Glendale is yes. supposedly yeah we should I would Middle we should Eastern spot yeah I think
2: we should go there together actually I think we would have a ton um, of fun
1: but yeah I just wanted to put it out there if if y'all have been paying attention to the horrors that have been happening to the Palestinians or in Gaza like if it's something that you don't know what to think or you don't know a lot about I'm just here to tell you that uh, you know Palestinians are a beautiful culture beautiful people. Uh, don't let any of this rhetoric tell you otherwise. And, um, you know, we've stayed away from, you know, this is a service industry podcast. Mm-hmm. We always get a little political here and there. We stand on our soapboxes, but if you want to ever get into it, um, I'm full throttle free Palestine over at Brook VP, uh, on Instagram, if you ever want to chit chat about it. But, um, yeah. And then if you do live in Michigan, your primary is coming up next week. And if you want to let Joe Biden know that it is not okay that he is not called for a ceasefire, you have an option on the Michigan ballot specifically to choose uncommitted. And basically, the uh, the cultural collective of as many, uh, you know, Arab Americans as they can get to commit to this, if they say uncommitted and choose to not vote at all, come this fall, Biden will lose Michigan because he only won by, um, I think, 11, no, he won the state by 150,000 votes. And right about now with everyone who's pissed at him and potentially losing 60,000 straight Arab Americans who are being ignored and whose tax dollars here in America are literally being sent by Joe Biden to Israel to kill their own family. Mm-hmm. We have so many people in our in our outer circle of friends and inner circle of coworkers who have lost 11 and 12, up to 20 members of their family up to in fi- Gaza. I
2: think up to in the 50s at this point.
1: For some people, mm-hmm. I'm
2: saying our
1: specific friends. No, no, I'm saying our specific yeah, friends have lost
2: over 50. Family.
1: Fatima? Oh, gosh. I, oh, my God, for fuck's sake. Um, so, guys, yeah, uh, it, why would you vote for someone who's, Sending your money over to Israel to bomb your family. It's insane. And, and I stand by them and I'm seeing more annoying rhetoric uh to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gaza is what it is. You have to vote for Joe Biden. No, you don't. No, you don't. I think I mean, it's I don't a really
2: Trump. Yeah, I, I but, do really think it's a very powerful um statement to have an undecided like check be, on the on the well, ballot. That, I, I mean I think that's that's really quite powerful. To it's send a message. You know, well, um, yeah, and you can
1: you can sway the president to freaking do something That's to call saying. for a ceasefire. That's what if I mean, you're like, yeah. you're, right. If you're going to lose Michigan, and let's let me just put it out there one more in one more way too is if you say commit uncommitted, it's also like earn my vote, bitch. Mm-hmm. Okay, you don't just get it. You know, the, you know there are some elections where yeah, it's a no brainer. I vote the way I vote. This one's a doozy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's,
1: but anyways i just wanted to put it out there it's uh you can go to the website listen to michigan.org or.com um rashida talib's talking about it and uh it's getting headline news everywhere right now
2: and i tell you what it's been said many times before and will be said many times again but we're saying it here to you guys again right now if you want to learn about a different culture go eat their food you know and in the
1: great as Saint Anthony has shown us over and over again, you know, mm-hmm. you you can learn so much by breaking bread with someone. Mm-hmm. And we're gonna have an
2: episode next week that's also all about that. I know there's so many feels happening, real hard, big Pisces season, watery, teary eyed vibes, guys. Magic, I love magic. It. Um, Brooke, thanks so much for sharing that information, you guys. And I'm, I'm sure we'll be posting that also via Instagram, so you guys can dive, dive a little deeper into it. Um, other than that, guys, server so submitted stories, you know where to send them. Sideworkpod at gmail.com. Other than that, Brooke, yalla. At <laughs> yalla, yalla, yalla. Uh, yalla. Uh, Godspeed.
1: Good tips and free Palestine. Oh, she said it. Uh, until next week. We love you. Bye.
2: Well,